Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Curry from half court lets it fly. And the game's over. Final score tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies. They get a win, 116-107. to 107. The Warriors, it's the worst loss of the season, in my opinion. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up, starts now. The Memphis Grizzlies tonight were playing without John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose, Brandon Clark, and Steven Adams. And they beat the Golden State Warriors, which featured Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, among others. Final score, 116 to 107. And as you heard Tim Roy say just a moment ago, as he signed off earlier today on 95-7, the game, the worst loss of the Warriors season. And there are a ton to choose from. It's almost becoming a weekly thing now for the Warriors. Uh, a new addition to the worst loss of the season conversation. I mean, I can just think off the top of my head, like there's seven losses that can qualify for worst loss of the season. The Warriors are no stranger uh, to losing games that you feel like they shouldn't. This one, it was competitive for most of the game, and then Memphis pulled away late. But considering the talent that are on these two teams, the talent you had available in these two games, there is no reality, there is no world uh, in which the Warriors should lose this game. Again, the Memphis Grizzlies, without John Morant, without Desmond Bain, without Marcus Smart, without Derrick Rose, without Brandon Clark, without Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr. was questionable all day. He played and, for the most part, was pretty bad. Could not make a shot from the field. Survived because he got to the free throw line. Uh, but no problem for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they outscore the Warriors by 9. They win 116-107. to 107. They trot out Vince Williams Jr. Uh, they trot out uh, Santi Aldama. They trot out David Roddy. They trot out G.G. Jackson. They trade out, uh, trot out Jacob Gilliard. And they beat the Warriors. Final score 116 to 107. Now, welcome into Warriors Wrap Up here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you. Uh, we've got a lot to react to, and almost none of it is good for the Golden State Warriors. I want to hear from you guys tonight on this Monday evening on this MLK Junior Day. Uh, the Warriors were disappointing. What did you think uh, of this Warriors loss? Is it the most. Um, I don't know, disappointing, frustrating? Is it the worst loss of the season? What are the other candidates? Give me a call, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. Again, 888-957-9570. And I'm currently looking at our YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, youtube.com slash 957thegame. I see you guys all, Alex, uh, Sab. 
uh, Carson, Clank Thompson, I see on the YouTube chat, uh, Vegas, a couple of others. Carson, uh, I see you guys all keep the chats coming. Shout out to the 415, the 510, the 925 on the Comcast Business text line as well. Um, let's just go off the top of my head, worst losses of the season for the Golden State Warriors before we dig into to what happened tonight in Memphis. Um, the two losses against Oklahoma City, uh, where one time you didn't foul Chet Holmgren when you were up three in the final seconds. He made a three. You lost in overtime. The other Oklahoma City game where you did foul Chet Holmgren in the final seconds up by three, but you fouled him in the act of the shooting, uh, goes to overtime. You lose that game. Those are both up there. Uh, the game where you led Sacramento in Sacramento by like 24 points late in the first half, you ultimately lose that game. Uh, two games later, you were up by 20 in the second half in L.A. against the Clippers. You lose that game. Uh, you had the Denver game at home where you led by 18 points with like 6.45 to go in regulation. You lose that game. And then you had Toronto and New Orleans fresh in our minds from just the last homestand along with that Denver loss uh, where you just get absolutely run out of the gym against a couple of teams you feel like at the very least you should be competitive with. Uh, so add this one to the list. And according to Tim Roy, according to a lot of you guys on the YouTube chat, I'm seeing it as well on the Comcast Business text line. Um, I think this one takes the cake for worst loss of the season. Because, again, you weren't going up against Ja Morant. You weren't going up against Desmond Bain. Marcus Smart, out. Derrick Rose, out. The big men for Memphis, out. Other than Jaron Jackson Jr., who played, and he ended up putting together a decent line. I mean, he had 18 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, but he was 4 for 20 from the field. The 7-footer, 4 for 20 from the field, 3 of 14 from downtown. And you lose uh, to Vince Williams Jr., 24 points and 7 rebounds and 4 assists. Uh, four assists. He was 3 of 6 from downtown. Gigi Jackson, off the bench, had a career day. Uh, he had 23 points off the bench. He was a plus 23 in 29 minutes. He made five three-pointers. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to some of these players. Gigi Jackson, uh, he had made... I think five three-pointers in his NBA career. I think actually four three-pointers in his NBA career before tonight. He made five tonight. Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to G.G. Jackson and to Jacob Gilliard and to David Roddy. These are nobodies in the NBA. If Memphis was even close to healthy, these guys are not playing other than in garbage time. This is an embarrassing loss for the Warriors, and they just continue to stack up. I mean, the crowd was like, it was like two-thirds of the way full in Memphis, if that, on a holiday Monday in Memphis, a very special holiday, of course, for everyone, but specifically for Memphis. And there's no one there because they realize that this is probably going to be a 20-point Warriors win, and the Warriors somehow find a way to lose by 9, 116 to 107. To a bunch of guys who grew up watching Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green win championships. And maybe it's just the reality now for the Warriors. But to come off of, to have this performance after it felt like he had a little bit of positive momentum. You get Draymond Green back and Draymond was effective. Uh, I mean he came in and immediately the Warriors go on an 11-3 run in his first six minutes. Uh... 
The Warriors were plus eight in his six minutes to begin. Uh, he did not start. He came off the bench, checked in with six minutes and ten seconds to go in the first quarter, played that entire 6-10 to close the quarter. The Warriors outscored um, the Grizzlies 11-3 to in that stretch. The Warriors were a plus eight in Draymond Green's first stint, and he was effective. Draymond Green was not the reason that the Warriors lost this game, but I think what's even more frightening for the Golden State Warriors is they weren't great today. I'm not I'm not saying that. They they obviously were not at their best. They did not have their best game, but it's not like they played particularly terrible or or well well worse than they've put on tape at times in the past. Like this is kind of just who the Warriors have become. I mean, Clay Thompson was was really, really bad tonight. Clay Thompson was really bad tonight, and, and I think you could say that basically from start to finish. He only got up 10 shots, but he, he was a minus 22 in 34 minutes, 9 points, 4 of 10 from the field, 1 of 4 uh, from downtown. You had some, some positive moments um, from others. Stephen Curry kind of carried you in the middle half of this game, second quarter and third quarter, was really the only reason you were still in it or, or holding on to a narrow lead. I thought Andrew Wiggins was fine today. He had 16 points, 7 of 13 from the field. You have some other individual positive uh, moments, but it's not like the Warriors just were absolutely terrible today. They played all right, but they just couldn't, like, it would be it would be almost easier. Let's see if I can explain this a little bit better. It would be a little bit easier to understand this loss if you just were like, all right, Curry was one of 12 from the field, made one three-pointer. Clay couldn't hit a shot. Wiggins was like he was in Milwaukee. He couldn't hit a shot. It was a rare off day for Jonathan Kaminga and all and all and all. Like if everyone just played poorly, you're like, all right. It's still not a good loss, and I'm not trying to say it would be a good loss. But if everyone just had a terrible game and you just simply couldn't make a shot and it was bad and yada, 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 like it would be a little easier to understand. The Warriors individually didn't play all that bad. Now, they had some bad moments and, and some terrible moments. But, I mean, Clay Thompson, or pardon me, Stephen Curry put up 26 points. Wiggins, 16. Dario Saric had 13. Kaminga had 20 off the bench, his third consecutive 20-point game. Like, there were some, honestly, moments where the Warriors were actually, like, they weren't playing poor. It's just they they could not manage to pull away from this Memphis team featuring, again, players like Vince Williams Jr., Santi Aldama, David Roddy, Gigi Jackson, Jacob Gilliard. The Warriors just weren't, maybe they're just not good enough anymore. It's the way it felt tonight. It was it was really ugly. All right, give me a call, 888-957-9570. That's the Comcast Business text line as well, 888-957-9570. So Draymond Green returns. He missed 16 games, 12 games due to a suspension, and then missed four as he uh, ramped up and got ready for NBA action once again. He did not start. The Golden State Warriors went with a relatively familiar starting lineup. They ran with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Dario Saric, and Kevon Looney. Uh, and the Warriors, it was kind of stop and go early. There was an 8 nothing Memphis run uh, in the first quarter at one point. Then the Warriors kind of found their footing. Draymond Green came in. The Warriors immediately went on a big push, an 11-3 run. 
to, to, to close uh, for the Golden State Warriors in that second quarter or in that first quarter, excuse me, they take a six-point lead into the second quarter. You had some nice Jonathan Kaminga moments, Brandon Pajemski effective at times, and the game just kind of hangs in the balance for much of the second quarter. Steve Kerr experimenting with a lot of uh, interesting lineups now that he has Draymond Green back. You saw some Jonathan Kaminga at the three. Interestingly enough, we haven't seen Jonathan Kaminga at the three really all season long. He got in some minutes at the three in the third quarter. It seems like the reason why Steve Kerr did that was because Draymond Green is back and he feels like the Warriors can get away with Kaminga at the three when he's playing alongside Draymond Green. Uh, And the Warriors, uh, you know, it, it wasn't good and you never really felt comfortable in this game. There were a number of turnovers uh, and you kept fouling you kept fouling the Grizzlies. But the Warriors at one point in the third quarter, uh, they won on a 7 nothing run. They built a 7-point lead with a minute 42 left in the third quarter. The Warriors go up 86-79 to with 142 left in the third quarter. Uh, Memphis, they immediately answer, immediately answer with a 6 nothing run to close the quarter. So it's a one-point game going into the fourth, and then they just dominate the first few minutes of the fourth. Um, they ultimately go up uh, 100-94 to with 8.45 left. Then they hit another uh, couple of threes. They go up by 10 with just over seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. So if we're just to, to span the third and fourth quarters after the Warriors went up 86 to 79 and then Memphis went up 106 to 96, uh, the Grizzlies outscored the Warriors 27 to 10 over a six and a half minute span spanning the third and fourth quarters. A 27-10 run, and it was the Memphis Grizzlies making three-pointers. Luke Kennard, as I mentioned earlier, um, a couple of, of you know the guys that you might not have heard of before tonight in Gigi Jackson along with Vince Williams Jr. Those were the Grizzlies' two high scorers. Vince Williams Jr. had 24 points. Gigi Jackson had 23 points. They hit a combined eight three-pointers uh, in this game, and then it just... Uh, was the similar story for the Warriors as we've, as we've heard all season. Turnovers, and these were bad turnovers, late third, early fourth quarter, live ball turnovers. They actually came off of some stops. You would get some stops defensively once you got down by 10. You got some stops. Maybe Memphis just would miss a couple of shots, some some, some shots they were hitting earlier, and then you try to push out in transition uh, and just careless pass, bad decision after bad decision after bad pass. And live ball turnovers that result in Memphis buckets the other way or they put a strain on your defense and you have to resort to fouling and you make them make their free throws, which they did for the most part tonight. Uh, it was the story for the Warriors and what cost them late, the turnovers and the fouls. It's been costing them all season. And, and the fact that the same issues are plaguing the Warriors at this point of the season, now the Warriors are 18-22, and 22, we're 40 games in. The Warriors, uh, when they play on Wednesday to close this road trip in Utah, that's the official halfway point of this regular season. You are essentially halfway through the regular season, and the same issues that were hurting you early in the year are hurting you now. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr about this game tonight coming up in just a little bit. I'll get that to you. Uh, We'll hit some calls first. Grant and James, I'm coming to you in a minute. But the fact that the, the the issues that hurt the Warriors the first week of the season are hurting them at the midway point, 
at some point, you just got to ask the question, is this just who they are? Because it kind of seems like they are. All right, over to the phone lines we go. Give me a call on Warriors Wrap-Up, 888-957-9570. The Warriors fall to the shorthanded Grizzlies, and shorthanded doesn't really do it justice. Again, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Derek Rose, Brandon Clark, Steven Adams, all out tonight for Memphis, and the Warriors fall 116-107. to Up first is Grant in San Francisco. Grant, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with Mark Randy here on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Oh, my goodness. You know, I don't believe that all the Memphis roster was injured. I think they were just getting out of the way because they knew when Dre, Clay, and Steph was in there, they were going to run them all out of the building. So they basically put up the sacrificial lamb, and basically the sacrificial lamb came and kicked the lion's butt. I mean, it is crazy. Who did they have out there? Some maybe second-round draft picks, some G-leaguers, and a contest winner, and they beat the Warriors. (laughs) I mean, it was ridiculous. The Warriors are truly, truly, truly awful. And I don't know why. Are they tanking? Who are they hoping to draft? It doesn't make sense anymore. I think they're just really just tired of of the whole process. And I I, I just look forward to their retirement. Wow. Uh, Grant. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, this kind of felt like the the opposite of what happened on Saturday um, when the Warriors went into Milwaukee, a really good Milwaukee team with Giannis and Dame and uh, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, right? And the Warriors decide to rest Steph Curry. And most likely, Steph Curry definitely needed a rest. Steve Kerr said that he was just simply worn out. And I believe it's the first game Steph has rested uh, all season, just the third game that he missed. Um, but it also was kind of the perfect time for it, right? You're off of a back-to-back. Uh, you just picked up a nice win in Chicago. Um, you didn't necessarily already write this Milwaukee game down as an L, but it's the most likely scenario. So why not rest our most important and, like, our oldest player and, you know, just kind of wave the white flag on that game and then gear up for Memphis and Utah? That was, you know, Steve Kerr would, would never – admit to that I don't think but that was kind of you know reading between the lines right like that's that was the plan for the Golden State Warriors and uh, to our caller's point I'm not sure that that's what's going on with Memphis in fact I know it's not because these are serious injuries for the Grizzlies John Morant is out for the season he underwent shoulder surgery last week Desmond Bain a grade three ankle sprain out for at least six weeks. Marcus Smart has what the Grizzlies are calling a severe finger injury. He's out for at least six weeks. Derrick Rose is nearing a return. Brandon Clark tore his Achilles last March. He's working his way back. Steven Adams has had this recurring knee injury for years now. He has not played all season. So these are not minor injuries that the Grizzlies said, you know you know what, we're going to hold them off for this game. We'll get them back next time just because we know the Warriors are going to be fired up and they're going to come in and win. But coming into this game, it kind of felt like, all right, like this could be a game the Warriors don't need to play their best and they'll still get a win. And it kind of felt like they slept walked through a few quarters like the Bucks did on Saturday against the Warriors. 
The difference was the Grizzlies, uh, pardon me, the Bucks turned it on in the fourth quarter against the Warriors, uh, and they ultimately run away with that game late. Meanwhile, the Warriors today just could not turn it on in the fourth quarter. It was the Grizzlies with a bunch of nobodies who turned it on in the fourth quarter. I mean, for those of you wondering who these guys are, Vince Williams Jr., uh, who scored for the Memphis Grizzlies 24 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from downtown, 7 rebounds and 4 assists. Second round pick in 2022 out of Virginia Commonwealth University, the 47th overall pick in 2022. He's a 23-year-old guard, uh, and he lit up the Warriors for 24 points tonight. What about uh, Gigi Jackson? He's a second round pick out of South Carolina this past year. So he's in his first year in the league, second round pick, 45th overall pick from South Carolina. Uh, His average is entering tonight. 4.6 points per game, 2 rebounds per game, and .3 assists per game. Tonight, G.G. Jackson, 23 points. He had 6 rebounds and an assist, 6 of 9 from the field, and 5 of 8 from downtown. What about Jacob Gilliard, an undrafted free agent out of Richmond playing in his first year in the NBA? Uh, Averages just under 4 points per game, a rebound, and and 3.5 assists per game. He made 3 threes off the bench, had 11 points, 4 of 7 from the field, a couple of rebounds, 3 assists, a couple of steals. He picked Steph Curry's pocket once, got an easy fast-break bucket for the Memphis Grizzlies. It was guys who, you know, are young, who have not played much in the NBA, not high draft picks. One of them, as I mentioned, Gilliard undrafted, uh, and they managed to beat the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry, with Klay Thompson, with Draymond Green, uh, with a number of others, Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga and Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis and Dario Saric and Kevon Looney. And and you got beat, for the most part, by uh, a team that was not expecting to win this game tonight. And that's... That's where the Warriors' season is at right now. You absolutely need to win this game. You're not in a position. We're now 40 games in. The Warriors are not in a position uh, where you can allow opportunities like this to slip through your fingers. The Warriors could very well figure things out to a certain degree and get into a playing spot, right? They very well could. I'm not putting that past them. Now, it doesn't. <laughs> performances like this aren't necessarily, you know, confidence-inspiring, but the Warriors certainly, I mean, they have the track record and and their resume and and what they've accomplished. I'm not putting it past them. But a loss like this could be the difference in being the 10 and needing to win two games and potentially being, you know, the 8 and maybe only needing to win one in the play-in to get to the actual playoffs. The Warriors are in no position to drop a game like this, and they did. They lose to Memphis in Memphis, 116-107. to All right, back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Up next is James in Mountain View. James, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with Mark Randy. How you doing tonight? Great. Full disclosure, I didn't watch the game. I can't watch the game anymore because they're so bad. And just, just, you know, one more on top of that. But um, I am hearing that everybody's on deck for, you know, for trades except for Curry, and I'm wondering why Joe Lacob wouldn't consider trading Curry for the future since right now he's worth a lot. And it's really, really sad to watch him sit on this Warriors team and just lose. Like, are we going to watch him just languish there for the next few years or release him, get picks, and let him go win another ring? Like, let's clear the decks and build for the future because we're just not going to 
win another championship with this crew. So that's that's my take, and it's very unpopular. I know it is. Yeah, thanks for the call, James. I would just say if you're talking purely from a a basketball perspective and with an eye on the future, um, and if you're giving up hope that that this era of Warriors basketball isn't going to do anything. Um, then maybe the right basketball decision, purely basketball decision, take the emotions out of it. Maybe it is to consider trading Stephen Curry. But the fact of the matter is that this is an emotional decision, and it's not like Stephen Curry just has this year left. Um, there's there's a reality where he's still a very good player a year, two years from now, when he still has his contract with the Warriors, his current contract. Uh, and he helps you get into the playoffs, win a playoff round or two, who knows? Who knows what the franchise around him will look like at that point? Um, but I would I would just say reason number one is the emotions that you have tied to Stephen Curry. Uh, and the report was last week, Sham Sharania of The Athletic, you know, saying everyone except for Stephen Curry is on the trade block, uh, and a game like today does not change that. I, I think it, <laughs> it only, you know, adds – it stokes the, the fire, right? It stokes the flames. And, and that drama, that discussion, uh, only grows louder and louder and louder as the Warriors try to, try to push forward uh, with this season, which now sees them sitting at 18-22. and 22. And we could take a look at the standings, although it's probably just going to uh, depress you a little bit more. The Warriors with this loss today, again, now 18-22 and 22 on the season. Uh, the Warriors are... Uh, let's see, 12th place in the Western Conference. They're a game behind the Lakers for 11th. They are a game and a half behind the Rockets for 10th in that final play-in spot. Game and a half out of 10th, which is the final play-in spot. If you're looking for the 6th seed, which is the final normal postseason spot uh, in the NBA nowadays, the Warriors are five and a half games behind the Dallas Mavericks for that spot. Technically, the Kings, Mavericks, and Pelicans all tied uh, for the fifth spot. So fifth, sixth, and seventh, uh, all five games uh, behind Minnesota for first. The Warriors are five and a half behind that trio, the Kings, the Mavericks, and the Pelicans, um, which I think just speaks to the fact that the West is so clumped together. You go on a, a run, just a little run here and there, um, you could get yourself back into the thick of of fighting for a spot around that area. Um but you got to take care of the gimmies. Tonight was a gimme, and you did not take it. Memphis took it from you, 116 to 107. All right, uh, let's let's take a break. Take a break. We'll come back. We'll take a couple more of your, call, your calls. Big Smooth and Will, I see you. We'll get to you on the other side. Also, we will hear from Steve Kerr after another disappointing Warriors loss. That's coming up on the other side as Warriors wrap-up continues. It's Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game. More next after this. Kaminga now waiting, spinning, in traffic, and again, two Forcing the issue. Gilliard the steal. Takes a front court. Kennard wide open three. And Golden State is in trouble. Timeout. It's a 10-point lead for the Grizz. The first 10-point lead of the game. And a lackluster effort here on a late Monday afternoon start could turn into a disastrous loss. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. And that was Tim Roy could be disastrous for the Warriors. It was disastrous 
A 10-point lead in the fourth that turned into a 9-point Memphis lead, 116-107. to And that highlight, you heard a Warriors turnover leading to a Memphis three-pointer. It was kind of the story of the game. The Golden State Warriors absolutely dominated Memphis in the paint. 62 points in the paint in this game tonight for the Warriors uh, to just 20 for Memphis. The Warriors a plus 42 in the paint tonight. But you commit 19 turnovers, it leads to 30 points off of turnovers for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then you look at some of the shooting numbers. Memphis, they made 23-pointers. The Warriors made just 10. So Memphis plus 30 points from the three-point line. Uh, The Warriors, 30 points off of threes. The Grizzlies, 60 points off of threes. So they double up the Warriors there. And then you look at the free throw line, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies 32 for 40 from the free throw line, the Warriors 9 for 10. Uh, And Memphis, they're the fourth team in NBA history to take at least 53s and 40 free throws in a game. I don't think the officiating was necessarily that bad tonight. Like, I, I don't really think so. It's just more of a case of the Warriors not knowing how to defend without fouling. But a, a game where one team scores 62 points in the paint, the other scores 20, the one that scored 20 took 54 threes, and they outshoot the other by 30? <laughs> that box score doesn't really add up. And again, I, I'm not coming on here and, and yelling at the officiating. I don't think they were terrible by any stretch. The, the Warriors did not lose this game because of the officiating. I'm not saying any of that. But it's crazy. The Warriors scored 62 points in the paint, and they only got to the free throw line 10 times. The Memphis Grizzlies scored 20 points in the paint and took 54 three-pointers, and they got to the free throw line 40 times. The Warriors, untimely turnovers, and fouling Memphis is the reason that they lost. And you can credit Memphis for making three-pointers. I know if you're looking to the listening to the NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast, you hear Fitz and Buki uh, talking about oh, Memphis is just making making tough threes. This is not a good three-point shooting team. They're making them. It's unlucky, right? How many times are the Warriors just leaving wide-open shooters and the wrong wide-open shooters? Luke Kennard led the NBA in three-point shooting percentage-wise for a couple of years in a row now. Uh, and Vince Williams Jr. and G.G. Jackson, like these aren't guys that you know that much of. Uh, but last time out, Vince Williams Jr., he scored 17 points, made a few threes. Like, you got to know who are the three-point shooters on the floor. Even if you don't know who the guy is, you don't know what his name is, you say, oh, whatever his number is, Vince Williams Jr., uh, I, I, I saw the tape. I, we, we watched a little bit of him from last game. He made a couple of threes. I got to get out there on him. You certainly know who Luke Kennard is. You got to know that he's a shooter. Make him dribble. And time and time again, the Warriors is giving up open three after open three. You heard it like five times if you were listening to 95-7 the game uh, today during the game. Tim Roy, KYP, know your personnel. And the Warriors did not know their personnel tonight, and it cost them. They allow Memphis to hit 23-pointers. And, yes, some of that is Memphis having a night, some of it. But the Warriors did a very bad job defending this Memphis team, and, and that's becoming a story. It's becoming a theme 
now for the Warriors this season. All right, as promised, back out to the phone lines, and then we will hear from Steve Kerr, uh, who has talked to the media after this Warriors loss. Final score, 116 to 107. Uh, up next is Big Smooth in Oakland. Big Smooth is concerned. Big Smooth, I agree with you. What's up? How you feeling? You're on Warriors wrap-up. Big Smooth, you there? Going once. Going twice. All right, see you later, Big Smooth. Uh, he said he was concerned. That's what I got from Sterling across the glass. Uh, I would agree, Big Smooth. Uh, there is plenty to be concerned about if you're the Golden State Warriors. You lose to Memphis. Again, if you're just joining us, the Grizzlies without John Morant, without Desmond Bain, without Marcus Smart, without Derrick Rose, without Brandon Clark, without Steven Adams. <laughs> yeah, yes, bad. 116 to 107, Memphis still earns the victory. And the Warriors, I mean, it's not – can I say this a little bit earlier? It would be almost easier to understand if you were just like, all right, like the Warriors played their worst game of the season. They could not hit a shot. For whatever reason, um, they, they had their worst performance. There were a number of fine individual games. Like Stephen Curry was really good uh, in the second and third quarters specifically. He finished with 26 points. Uh, he had uh, four rebounds and eight assists. Now, he did turn the ball over five times, and those were costly turnovers. Um, but the number of times he would drive past whoever it was in front of him, a big reason why the Warriors had 62 points in the paint was because he was getting everything he wanted in the paint. Uh, he was good in this game. I thought Andrew Wiggins had a, had a decent bounce-back performance after he wasn't very good in Milwaukee on Saturday. He had 16 points. There wasn't a, a, a ton of like just abysmal individual performances that you can point to, and yet the Warriors still lost to a Memphis team trotting out guys that most of you uh, haven't heard of before. And that's not a shot at you. It's just these these are second-round picks who sit on the end of the bench, who are two-way players, who are undrafted. Like These guys are unknowns across the NBA. Casual fans don't know a lot of these players. And big-time, you know, NBA fans don't know most of these players. And the Warriors lost to him on the day that Draymond Green returns from a 16-game absence. And Draymond Green had a positive impact. I mean, he was positive. He was a plus one. He was a plus one. Lester Quinones and Draymond Green, the only Warriors in the positive. Draymond and Quinones, both a plus one. Everyone else was in the negative. Klay Thompson was a minus 22. Or pardon me. Wiggins was actually plus nine. I missed that. Andrew Wiggins a plus nine. I, I thought Andrew Wiggins was fine in this game. But again, it would just be easier to understand and easier to come to terms with the loss. Not that it would make it any better, but it would be easier. And, and maybe you just say, ah, it's one of those days, right? It would be easier if the team from the starting five to everyone on the bench just had a bad game together. That was not the case. The Warriors individually played all right, not great by any stretch. Some had good games, some had bad games, but for the most part, you know, they were all right. And you still lost to this team. The Warriors did not play their best game. They did not play their worst game. They played an all right game, and you still lose. Like, that is concerning, to our caller's point, who, who wasn't there. But that is concerning. That's big-time concerning. It would be way less concerning if, again... You just had a terrible game and you lost. The Warriors did not have a terrible game, but they still lost, and that makes the loss that much worse. 
All right, Warriors wrap-up continues here on 95.7 The Game. Let's go out to Memphis. Steve Kerr has talked to the media uh, about a four-and-a-half-minute chunk of Steve Kerr's post-game presser. You'll hear it right now. Here is Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr after the Warriors lose in Memphis, 116-107. to Here's Coach Kerr. Well, we played very poorly defensively, but um, a lot of that had to do with our offense. You know, 19 turnovers that turn into 30 points. And, um, you know, their game plan was pretty simple. You know, um, shoot as many threes as possible and and, um, get into transition as often as possible. And then, um, you know, for us to foul 25 times to their 12, uh, that's the story. And um, they were... um, they just played a really clean game. They took care of the ball. They didn't foul. And we were reaching. Um, you know, Steph got um, several early fouls. Um, we were turning the ball over left and right. And, you know, they gained belief as they went. You know, they all these guys are in the NBA, you know, and we tell them that before every game like this. These guys are in the NBA for a reason. They're really good players, you know. So they can all shoot. And they lit it up from three tonight, and that was their formula. They knew they had to to do that Um, and we knew they had to do that Um, so we didn't uh, play the game that could keep them from doing that the turnovers and the fouls um, all those uh, free points they got that was a difference in the game you still go a little bit pre-game about how you guys were alluding to as well you have five their six best players out kind of look over them you can look past them do you think that that was an issue mentally um it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether it was or not. I mean, we you know we talk about that before the game. That we that's this, the first thing we say in the scouting report. You know, we've lost four games like this in the last two years, where the other team is missing, you know, three, four starters, whatever it is. Um, so you know, you get get their um, um, get their attention by saying that and try to get their guard up. And um, you know, unfortunately, um, it. Um, you know, we, we I thought we played fine in the first quarter for the most part, but um, to me, the you know mid-second quarter, we had several uh, moments to get a couple stops in a row, get the lead to eight or ten, get control of the game, and we just threw the ball away. And um, so we did not have the intent or the focus uh, to win that game. I'm sorry. Uh, Draymond uh, played well. He played hard. You know, it's good to have him back. Um, and um, obviously, um, you know, as a team, we didn't play well. But, um, you know, Draymond uh, competed and good to get him, you know, kind of back in, in the fold. Steve, you guys only had, I think, 13 turnovers in the last two games. Yeah. Time. Yeah. It seemed like it made a difference. And I would, it seemed like some of them were kind of just careless. Yeah. Careless. Um, you know, they put a lot of pressure on Steph and, uh, you know, he had a couple turnovers in the backcourt and uh, it just felt like, uh, again, like they were they were putting pressure on us from the start. And um, instead of, you know, being solid and taking care of the ball and executing, um, we got careless. We had a three on two, um, you know, in, in transition in the second quarter that turned into a three the other way. Um, you know, we have to uh, understand um, where we are as a team, you know, what our record is, um, where we are in the Western Conference. What that means is we have to be sharp. We have to play a smart, clean game. Um, we can't turn it over. We can't reach. We can't foul. We did all those things. Had, I mean, had you felt like real strides with the 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe the last 10 games were fourth in the league in um, turnovers, like 12 a game. So, yeah, absolutely, we made huge strides. Um, and so, um, you know, that was that was the biggest difference tonight. And it started right away. We had three turnovers in the first three minutes, and we got scattered and um, didn't handle their, uh, their defense well. And I called a quick timeout, and unfortunately we couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't get it back together. You, you played Draymond at center a bunch. Um, I mean, you know, I know you're going to fix and match. That's been the story of the season. But, I mean, as you move forward, I mean, are you liking that look within, uh, you know, mostly a season, mostly a center? Draymond's played tons of five the last few years. So, you know, he'll continue to play um, plenty of five. But, um, you know, Loon, Loon's a good player, and he's, he's meant so much to us over the years. And, you know, he's our best rebounder. And, you know, Dario's going to play some five, obviously, with his scoring trace. Um, you know, has has had a nice rookie year and does some good things for us. So the five will um, continue to be manned by you know multiple people. Right, that's Steve Kerr post game in Memphis today after the Warriors fall to the Grizzlies. Final score again one sixteen to one oh seven. I feel like I could take that Steve Kerr presser and you know replace some of the names, replace uh, Steve Kerr talking about Memphis and the Grizzlies, replace it or either you know bleep it out. And I could drop it in on you at any point throughout the season, and you'd have no clue which game it's referring to. Because the Golden State Warriors have been fighting the same battle all season. They cannot take care of the ball, and they cannot defend without fouling. It has happened all season long. And it's gotten to a point where Steve Kerr in press conferences, when asked about the turnovers and the fouls, or just when asked about what went wrong, generally speaking, He says, I have said this time and time and time again. It's turnovers and fouling. I don't know how many more times I can say it. I don't know how many more times I can let our guys know that it's an issue and we need to get better. It's not getting better. It hasn't gotten better. The same issue that that hurt the Warriors week one of the regular season is hurting the Warriors now at the midpoint. The Warriors have played 40 games. They're one game away from the official midway point of an 82-game regular season, and they have made no strides at the number one and number two issues that have hurt them all season long. Turnovers and defending without fouling. They turn the ball over tonight. 19 times, it it turns into 30 points for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies shot 54 threes tonight, and they got to the line 40 times. It is the fourth time in NBA history that a team has shot 50 or more threes in a single game and taken 40 or more free throws. The same thing that hurt the Warriors the first game of the season is still hurting the Warriors now. And I don't know if it's coaching, I don't know if it's players not willing to to improve, to work on it, to to think through their decisions. But whatever it is, something drastic has to change. And tonight might be the tipping point. It really might be the tipping point because it's just been ugly performance, ugly performance, ugly performance. Oh, a nice win. And then ugly performance, ugly performance, and ugly performance again. And I don't know what else the Warriors can do at this point. And you begin to wonder... How all of this is sitting with Joe Lacob. Joe Joe Lacob, obviously at home when the Warriors got booed at Chase Center against the Raptors and the Pelicans. He's sitting courtside as he always does. 
Doesn't like that. Hates that. He stormed off the court the second that the buzzer sounded with the Warriors' blowout loss to the Pelicans to close that homestand. Stormed off the court. Got off the floor as quickly as I've ever seen him get off the floor. Obviously, you don't like being booed in your home building. And you're, you are paying a premium on this roster uh, that is now 18-22 and 22 overall and has, has suffered embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss. I ran through it at the very beginning. I can make a case like seven different losses are the Warriors' worst loss of the season. It kind of depends how you want to quantify it. Worst loss, most embarrassing loss, most lopsided loss. Like There's like legitimately seven games I can point to. A couple of Oklahoma City losses where you led by three in the final seconds. One time you fouled, one time you didn't. Sacramento in Sacramento when you led by 24 late in the first half and lost. The Clippers in L.A. when you led by 20 in the second half and lost. Uh, Denver when you led by 18 with 6.45 to go in the fourth quarter and lost. Toronto and New Orleans, uh, the games I was just talking about, where you get blown out of the water on your home floor and your fans rain down booze on you. We talked about Joe Lacob before, but how does Joe Lacob watching this game from home make him feel? And and what is he doing when he calls up Mike Dunleavy, whether it's tonight or tomorrow morning, to figure out what the Warriors do going forward? Is this something that pushes Joe Lacob over the edge? I don't know. I don't know. I see a comment from Sammy G on the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash 957thegame, uh, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Lakeup will continue to do this as long as the money keeps pouring in. The money is pouring in, but you boo your home fans. Uh, fewer people show up. Fans leave early. Fewer people show up. You can char- you, you're no longer able to charge as much for tickets. That's going to hurt your bottom line. And then when you realize everything that Joe Lakeup has said about the luxury tax and about how he'd be willing to pay insane, exorbitant penalties to feel the winner. He said that. He said that, and he would qualify it every time he'd say it. He'd say, I will pay exorbitant amount of money. I will break records with how much I'm paying for our roster as long as we think we have a good chance to win, as long as we're winning, as long as we're competing for championships. They compete for a championship this year? Doesn't doesn't seem like it. It does not seem like it. And are the Warriors a Pascal Siakam away from competing for a championship? <laughs> I don't think so. So what does Joe Lakeup advise that Mike Dunleavy and Steve Kerr and everyone else do moving forward? What does he advise? Does he pull the plug on this because he wants to save his cash? And that's well within his right considering everything that he has done and paid to make this run a reality but he has said when asked about an exorbitant luxury tax bill he has always qualified by saying as long as we think we're going to win are they going to win losses like tonight uh, do not do not make it it seem likely for the golden state warriors they lose to memphis 116 to 107 Uh, memphis entering this game tonight they were three and 15 at home 3 and 15 at home and that includes uh games where they were not missing like all of their starting lineup other than Jaron Jackson Jr. They were 3 and 15 at home. 
We talk about, you know, fans showing up to games. The Warriors are on the verge of 500 consecutive sellouts spanning Oracle Arena and Chase Center. The arena in Memphis was like halfway full, two-thirds of the way full. And they actually got loud in the fourth quarter. It was a rowdy bunch late because they realized that their team was on the verge of pulling off a crazy upset. And it's probably going to go down as Memphis's most fun win of the season because there's not going to be many more considering all the injuries they have. Worst loss of the season for the Golden State Warriors. Bad, 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 bad for the Warriors. They lose again, 116-107 to 107, uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it was an okay performance for a number of Warriors. I thought Jonathan Kaminga off the bench was good. He had 20 points. 9 of 18 from the field. Uh, He had 11 rebounds as well. Uh, He did turn the ball over three times. There were a couple of moments where you kind of got the old Jonathan Kaminga where he just put his head down and dribbled into trouble and and turned the ball over, and a couple of those led to to dunks and three-pointers the other way for Memphis. Uh, but third consecutive 20-plus point performance for Jonathan Kaminga. He's coming off of a career high that he put up in Milwaukee on Saturday. Uh, Three straight 20-point games. Now that's 20 consecutive double-digit scoring games for Jonathan Kaminga. I still think at times he's settling for the three a little bit too much. Uh, and, And this brings me back to... Uh, what Memphis did offensively, and and you heard Steve Kerr talk about it just a little bit ago, uh, and I I mentioned this earlier, if you're listening on the radio to the the game, uh, Tim Roy said it time and time again, KYP, know your personnel. Memphis is begging Jonathan Kaminga to take threes because they watched the tape. They've seen what Jonathan Kaminga has done when he gets to the paint, when he posts up a smaller defender, when he brings a larger perimeter to, a larger defender to the perimeter and then drives around him. So they're just not bringing anyone out to guard him at the three-point line. They are begging him to shoot threes. He was one of five today. I think he still at times settles a little too early. Now, if you're wide open, especially in the corner, you got to take it. That's a good shot. And Jonathan Kaminga has been making him a little bit better now, recently, making him at a higher clip. Um, but if you miss your first couple and they leave you open on the right wing or a non-corner three, you know, Kaminga is a better shooter from the corners than elsewhere. Maybe you think about not shooting it and do what you do best, which is get to the paint. I know I'm I'm kind of um, being a little maybe overly critical of Jonathan Kaminga considering this is the best stretch of basketball he's played in his NBA career. Um, but I think there's another level that he can reach, and it's not settling on your field goal attempts because he has proven now that he's highly effective within inside of like 10 feet. And he's got a nice little fadeaway off of post-up jumper. Uh, he's pretty good at that as well. So so Kaminga, uh, if there's a message, I, I think, for Kaminga, it is settle for a few, you know, fewer threes. You got to take the open ones in the corner. But if you miss your first couple, maybe you make a point to, to ensure that you're getting to the rim and you're getting to the free throw line. Uh, Kaminga only won free throw tonight. Uh, he's been making a lot of money at the free throw line lately. The Warriors as a team, only 10 free throw attempts in this game. They were 9 of 10. Uh, from the free throw line. And now the Golden State Warriors, uh, they go on the road to Utah to wrap up this four-game road trip and try to get back to 500 at 2-2 two and two on this homestand, or on this road trip, excuse me. Uh, I, I laid out on Warriors Live, the goal should be 3-1. and one. 
And up to today, it went according to plan. You beat Chicago in Chicago. You lose to Milwaukee in kind of, but not really, a, you know, wave the white flag game early. No Steph Curry. Um, so you're 1-1 one one entering today, and you've got a Memphis team that's playing, you know, their two-way guys, their G-leaguers, and, and their end-to-bench guys in major minutes. And you feel like this should be a win. It's a loss. Now you're 1-2. Now you go into Utah, a team that is playing really good basketball now. Uh, Utah is up to over 500 at 21 and 20. They are the nine seed in the Western Conference. And you look at what they've done lately. They're playing right now against the Pacers. I'll get you a score on that game in a moment. But entering tonight, Utah had won five games in a row, eight of their last nine, and they currently lead the Indiana Pacers by eight points with five minutes to go in the second quarter. So if, if that score holds and Utah wins, it'll be their sixth consecutive win and their ninth win in their last 10 games. Utah is hot, and the Golden State Warriors are going into Salt Lake City on Wednesday to close up this four-game road trip. Uh, and if they don't win there, uh, the Warriors would fall to 18-23, and 23, and it would be their second consecutive loss, and that would wrap up this road trip uh, with a 1-3 and three mark. Uh, bad news for the Golden State Warriors. All right, a couple minutes left here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, let's go to extending the three-point line. Uh, and for that, we go to one of those uh, relative unknowns. We did not know much about him entering the night, but G.G. Jackson certainly introduced himself to Golden State Warrior fans tonight. Kennard comes off a screen, gets to the, the dribble, off runs Kaminga through a pick, passes over G.G. Jackson again, wide open, hits another three. The Warriors are sagging off him, and he's just knocking down open shots. 103-96, Golden State down seven on the road against a very undermanned team. This would be the worst loss of the year for the Warriors. Gigi Jackson, 23 points tonight. That was one of five three-pointers that he made in this game. Uh, entering the night, Gigi Jackson, a second-round pick uh, this last offseason. He's, he's a rookie. Second round pick, 45th pick overall out of South Carolina. Entering the night, G.G. Jackson, 4 of 11 from downtown in his NBA career. 4 of 11 in his career, 32 total points, 13 made field goals in his NBA career. Tonight, he scores 23 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 5 of 8 from downtown. Uh, he also, G.G. Jackson, did grab six rebounds, a couple of steals, a couple of blocks. He was a plus 23 in his 29 minutes, uh, and he gets extending the three-point line. That is G.G. Jackson. He certainly deserved it, and he's a big reason why uh, the Memphis Grizzlies knocked off the Golden State Warriors here tonight. All right, a few more minutes left. we got another call to go to, but first... Really quickly, I want to uh, let you know that you are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ HD. Uh, excuse me. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ uh, FM in HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. A couple minutes left, but we got one more call to get to. This is D in D.C. Uh, D, good to hear from you as always. What would you think of that Warriors loss tonight, D? Hey, Mark, what's going on, big brother? I'm doing all right. Just trying to make sense of this of this weird Warriors game tonight, D. Listen, man, all year I've been saying Kerr needs better assistance around him to become a better coach. 
Because I don't give a damn. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to curse, but I don't care who you bring in as far as players, trades, etc. Until you have a coach on the bench with Kerr to help him see the game, feel the game better than what he's been showing the last two years since Brown moved on. We will be wasting our time and wasting a lot of talent and also wasting Kurt, um, Steph and the rest of the team's ability to win games. Kerr needs help. It is about time for the media, especially the San Francisco media, to step up and help Kerr to see the light. Atkinson is not the man. Atkinson does not know defense. We need a better defensive strategist to help the players that are on the roster to be on the right spot, to develop a good scheme to help these players to reach their full potential. It does not make any sense to me that we won, two, we won a championship about two years ago. We were one of the best defensive teams about two years ago. For us to lose one coach, Brown, and for the team to be the way it is right now, it does not make any sense. At some point, San Francisco media... The radio station, 95.7. They need to stop pointing the finger where the, pointer, where the finger needs to be pointed. It's not a player, a player problem. We don't have an issue with the players. Yes, we are too small. We definitely need to get better there. But if until we bring in a, not a good strategy, someone who knows defense to help Karat, it doesn't matter what you do. We're always going to be on a losing end. I'm going to leave it like that, brother. Have a good night. Thanks, D. Appreciate you tuning in as always, and and uh, and always enjoy hearing from you. I don't know about that, D. I mean, I think the the Warriors, Joe Lake, Mike Dunleavy. I think everything is on the table. All options are open, and, and they are considering everything. I'm not sure. I look at the coaching staff around Steve Kerr as as a gigantic issue. Not saying that that it couldn't be better. I know there's there's been a lot of talk about well, if Steve Kerr can't see all these things, like. Why can't any of the, the eight assistants that they've got on the bench there, why can't they see anything, and, and why can't they help this team? I don't know. Maybe they are, and, and maybe it, it just comes back to the players. I mean, how many times – we talked about this earlier. The Golden State – the same things that are plaguing the Warriors now have plagued the Warriors all season long. When are they going to adjust? And it's not like Steve Kerr and the coaching staff don't know these things. Like, it would be coaching malpractice if – if they didn't realize, and we, we know that they, they do realize because that's what they say every time they're asked the questions. Like, they know what is hurting this team, but for whatever reason, off the, off the court, off the game court, in practice, and in what you're seeing when you watch the tape and the messages from the coaching staff to the players, it's just not translating to the court. And maybe it is a communication issue. Maybe the coaching staff has lost touch with the players. I don't know. Um... But at a certain point, you just need your players to not make the terrible passes and the terrible decisions and to commit reach-in fouls when you've got a guy well-defended and to come over and help on a drive when Kevon Looney has Jaron Jackson Jr. shut down and Kaminga comes to help. And then guess what? He leaves his man wide open in the corner for a three. Like These are simple basketball things that hurt every single night. And I guarantee you, Steve Kerr and Kenny Atkinson and company, they know these things. And they can speak to it, of course, a thousand, a million times more than I could. 
but it's just not working. And again, maybe the miscommunication or the disconnect between what you're seeing and how it's actually playing out on the court, maybe you could point to a communication issue and maybe that means, you know, you need to rethink or adjust the coaching staff. I mean, a few years ago, the Warriors adjusted their coaching staff. It was after, I think it was after the play-in loss where the, the Warriors struggled that season, kind of put it together to close the year. It was the James Wiseman uh, year, the, the James Wiseman rookie year where he struggled early and then got hurt, and the Warriors kind of started playing better after that, and, and Steph Curry was in and out. And then the Warriors uh, lost to the Lakers in L.A. on that LeBron James banked-in three, and then they lost the Memphis Grizzlies, these same Memphis Grizzlies, although not really the same Memphis Grizzlies. I don't think anyone who was on that Grizzlies team played tonight. Um Maybe Xavier Tillman. I don't know if he was on that team. Anyway, a different Grizzlies team, but this Grizzlies franchise, you lose then. And then the Warriors adjusted their coaching staff. And guess what happened? They won the championship the next year. Was the coaching staff the number one factor? Eh, probably not. It was the players playing better and the Warriors being healthy and Clay Thompson coming back and playing great and Andrew Wiggins playing like an all-star and Draymond Green playing like a DPOY and Steph Curry playing damn near MVP levels. Like, it probably has more to do with that than the coaching staff. While, D, I do get your point, and I understand where you're coming from, at some point the players just got to play better. And you've got so much talent on your roster still, uh, yet you can't string wins together. A lot of issues. A lot of issues to go around for the Warriors. All right, one final thing to take care of before we do sign off. Appreciate all you guys tuning in here on Warriors Wrap-Up. It is our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. Uh, considering what happened tonight, a 116-107 to win for the Grizzlies, the shorthanded Grizzlies, it would feel wrong to not choose a Grizzly for our hardest worker of the game. And for that, I will go with Vince Williams Jr., 24 points. 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from downtown, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He had 2 steals and a block. He was really good in this game. Vince Williams Jr., the second-round player out of VCU, the 47th overall pick in 2022 for the Memphis Grizzlies. He had a career night, as a number of Grizzlies did. 24 points for Vince Williams Jr., 6 of 11 from the field, and 3 of 6 from downtown. He is our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. All right, that'll do it for Warriors Wrap-Up here on this Monday evening on this MLK Junior Day on 95.7 The Game. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. For Sterling Bennett, my name is Mark Ranney signing off. Uh, we've got you covered all day tomorrow. Well, I'm sure... I'm sure there'll be a ton of reactions to this Warriors game tomorrow on 95.7. The game beginning with Joe Spadoni at 5 in the morning with the pregame show. Bonte and Shasky 6 to 10 on the morning roast. Steiny and Goo 10 to 2, then Willard and Dibbs from 2 to 6. Uh, and that's all before Warriors in Utah on Wednesday. We've got you covered on Wednesday for that as well. Tip-off is at 6. Pre-game coverage begins at 5 on Wednesday as the Warriors end their four-game road trip against the Jazz in Salt Lake City. One final time, the Warriors fall to the Grizzlies tonight, 116-107. to Thanks so much for listening to Warriors Wrap-Up right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 